listen. Friendship. Entertainment. back to your regular scheduled cinema seven podcast i am your host mario b and this is the john kenoki cut of this episode and i'm going to send it over to my man john kenoki in a second but let me do some introductions with me as always is my my team my best friends my confidants my uh my essays my homies my all the above john kenoki just call me the Browns to your Thunderbirds. That's not funny. And Chris Hawk. You, you could call us the Hail Marys. Today, exclusively, we're talking about uh, fandom wanting uh, director's cuts. Uh, we're going to be talking and mentioning some director's cuts, uh, most notably the uh, Zack Snyder cut and uh, Justice League and how the fans begged for that uh, version of the movie. And uh, there's a bunch of different things now coming out of different cuts of different movies. Uh, directors talking about how they're ha- they have cuts of certain cuts of films that they shot. Information of unknown sources of people saying there's a cut of other said movie. And then there's the fans at the point of the issue who just want something that they think is theirs. Uh, I don't mean for that to sound so negative because there is a positive to it as well. We're going to get into that. And as I stated at the beginning, turn it over to John to kind of moderate this whole thing. Well, thank you, sir. My, uh, my envision, uh, my vision here is that it's just a discussion among friends, but uh, lately this has been gaining traction. Uh, We did see with the Snyder cut, that fans actually successfully demanded a different version of a movie we got. Now, Mario brought up the fact that there are some talks um, in regards to The Rise of Skywalker, but I believe there are some other cuts as well that Mario slash me slash Chris Hawk may bring up in this discussion. I also wanted to talk a bit about fandom and the toxicity that kind of breeds, uh, I think, in, in the hive mind sometimes. So I think we should start just by talking about the director's cuts, because this is you know what we are most familiar with. We've all seen the Snyder Cut by this point, I think. Yeah, right? We had the discussion. Correct. We're all familiar with what people are demanding right now. So, like, what, what do you guys think about this? How do, you, how do you feel about this, you know, fans demanding cuts? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Like, who wins, who loses? Well, I'll, I'll start. Fans demanding anything is, I, I would say, most of the time, not a good thing. And unless it's, you know, I can't say most of the time. I would say 50 50. Because sometimes they're, but fans shouldn't demand anything, truthfully. But the I, outrage, the outrage that, that people had over the Snyder Cut not getting the Snyder Cut, like after, uh, of it not happening was crazy how how toxic the Zack Snyder fandom was on the internet demanding that cut 
is just overwhelming. It just, there was no debating them at all. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that uh, it is a very um, kind of, uh, I, I don't know how to state it, but I guess it's like looking at art and, and stuff that you purchase the, the view as your own. And I don't know if it's easily to say that it's your own, that you can demand that you get your way, that you get a, a certain cut of a film that even if this continues into other type of uh, into the future, I should say with other films, some of those cuts might not actually be there. Like this, I think he had to do extensive reshoots and uh, they had to do a bunch of special effects just to finish his version. So, I mean, they, they pretty much almost re remade the movie in, in a sense with the way he was going in, in, the direction he went in with this movie. I, I, I don't know. There, there was a lot of the same plot, really. It wasn't much different. It did. I think we did discuss it, that it did talk about, uh, it did, uh, do more for the storytelling in the plot in the sense of it set up the characters better. And it, it set up what, uh, the alt, like the, the final showdown a little bit better it being longer and, and having those extended scenes. But I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of what Zack Snyder has done since probably, you know, Watchmen. I, I'm a fan of Watchmen, but anything he's done since then, I, I've been very critical of him. So I guess I'm a little biased in the sense that, uh, I feel like we didn't really need the Snyder cut, but at, in the same sense, I, I agree that, you know, it's, um, so where I'm looking for it is very toxic to ask for and demand to push something out like this. But, but at the same time, it's good to demand better from these production companies and such for these films, especially something like justice league, which should be better than what it was originally. For sure. Yeah. I, uh, I tend to agree with that, uh, though I do think, you know, holding studios accountable is something that we should be able to do. But I don't know if this is the the correct way to go about it. Um, what would be a way? Because we know petitions really don't work. I really think the only way you do it is to express your dislike of something and to not give them money for it. Obviously, you know, I'll, basically boycotting in a sense, but. It has to be done on a wide scale. I mean, even if, if you look at some of the, you know, historically bad Marvel movies, like people express their severe dislike of what uh, Iron Man 2 and what what's the other the other one? Thor Dark World. Or, yeah, Thor Dark World. And have we seen something on the level of, you know, what people considered that bad since then? Well, I know there's a whole bunch of fandom out there that doesn't like brie larson and are basically boycotting her her captain marvel movie and uh the next one called the marvels basically because she's kind of an estate uh social justice warrior you know she talks about she's very for women's rights women opportunities um women of color you know she's she tries to push those boundaries and of course you know she's very outspoken a lot of people don't like that namely 
men. Just an, for sure. another, another example of toxic fandom. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, that that's completely the wrong reason to do something like that. But and I, I think we've go ahead. Sorry, John. No, go ahead. I, I on the same extent, it's almost and we've talked about this a bazillion times. It's the same way people treated, uh, you know, Daisy Ridley from the sequel trilogy. It's the same way they treated Rose and and uh, from uh, Last Jedi and it, the way they treated Finn when Force Awakens, the trailer, the first trailer dropped like Rose Tico. I think we can all agree did not really get a fair share of uh, development in any of those movies. And I, I don't think that's the actress's fault and people attacked her. And, you know, especially with Ray, I don't think that's that's uh, Daisy Ridley's fault because I think she did a fantastic job. I, I think that's the fault of the writing. But in the same sense, I think people need to learn how to criticize something more professionally. Like, if you don't like Daisy Ridley's character, why you gotta drop some so much negativity into the sense you're... you're um, I don't know how to phrase it in a, in a smart, intelligent way, but the way they call her Mary Sue, I just think is is more negative than it is actual criticism. You know? Like, we have talked long discussions about how most of these characters didn't get their just desserts, but I think that's that's different from the harsh negativity that these toxic fans uh, bring towards uh, some of the fandoms that we enjoy. I, I would love to know what goes through people's minds when they're writing these things. Is it the anonymity of Twitter? Is it just like, you know, for they want likes, tweets, retweets, whether they just want to be featured on the news or something, of why people are just so venomous towards actors who are just trying to do a job it's not it's not like they're pushing an agenda and if they are pushing agenda you know sometimes that gets in the way but actors like daisy ridley she she doesn't have many other titles star wars is her big was her big draw and she's get she gets shit on for just doing her job for doing the best she can for carrying a new franchise and she does i would say she does above average and what what do they gain you know it's wh what's the deal what's going on here why when did this happen when did this stigma happen from the 2000s onwards where we started getting so nasty that's where we got to that's what we got to find out truly what's going on uh, well I, honestly i mean if you look at it it's just the internet usage it's that's the introduction of social media um, the availability of finding someone that shares a similar opinion with you, even if it's negative, if you can find somebody that shares a similar opinion with you, the, neither of you know each other in real life, so there's no repercussions. It just breeds and breeds and breeds that negativity, and people just you know take it too far. Now, I, I mean, I know we're, we're jumping all over the place, which is what I wanted to do in general, but just on the negative fandom, our what what's the Mario? What's the reasoning behind these people wanting this, um, this cut of the the rise of Skywalker? Like, what? Why do they want this cut? Is it just because well, they I, hate the movie so much, or? I, I mean, I guess we can all. I mean, like I said, we all agree that those movies weren't the best or uh, the most carefully planned, carried like carried out in a way that. Uh, 
they knew what they were doing. They kind of went as they went. And I think that people all envision something in their own way. And I know I'm a, uh, someone who is guilty of that, where I want something to be a certain way so bad that I, I tend to have a predetermined expectation on a film or, you know, a, a wrestling match or whatever it may be, uh, storytelling wise. And I think also to bring up another reason that there is some toxic fandom and why people have expectations is because they also fear change, I think, when it comes to a certain project that uh, is getting renewed or rebooted or brought in from a book or a uh, other medium. Especially with comic books, you know, a big argument with people being cast as certain superheroes is that doesn't look like the comic book version. That doesn't the the comic book version was white or the uh you know they're just trying to appease a certain demographic well if representation matters and you're for everyone one why isn't it fair to change the the narrative a little bit or change it up and and go with the times or or do something different you know cuz i think we can all agree and even though i'm a big superman fan he can his story can become become very stale so let's mix it up and do something different you know and i think people in my opinion just don't like they don't like change they um you know they 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 also i would say um have an expectation and the biggest example, I guess, would of that would be the you know the prequels, the Star Wars prequels, and and the hate for those movies. It kind of, I feel like it might have all stemmed from there, <laughs> is when it all started. But that also came around, like you said, John, with social media and stuff. I, I'm trying to find the right words, and I, I can't find it. And I'm sure you guys will talk about some of the things I'm thinking of. But it's just, uh, it's because it was an I, unsatisfying ending. To nine, yeah. to nine movies. Exactly. And, and I don't know how big the how big uh, the movement is or how many people are advocating for a J.J. Abrams cut. But, you know, I, I noticed the leaks of this Rise of Skywalker cut. And and my honest opinion, you know, I feel like I don't know if you guys read the uh, Colin Trevorrow version. But I feel like his was a good follow-up to The Last Jedi, which I'm not a big fan of The Last Jedi, and you know me and Chris Hawk have debated before on that, but I can accept what we got, and I would rather like to see what was said in that movie pushed forward versus trying to erase it and just go with you know what was uh, originally planned when... You know, at that point in time, you're 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 kind of just uh, backtracking the story in a sense. You know, you're, you're just—it's like a director uh, petty matchup at that point. I feel like, or, or that's what it comes across as. Did I go too far off the topic? Uh, hey, topic is loose. That's the point of the discussion. <laughs> uh, what I what I do want to ask you before I get some Chris Hawk input here, though, 
do you think anything would be gained? So, I mean, objectively, if we look at the Snyder Cut, I think we actually gained something in the movie. Um, I think there was development that we didn't get, and it actually made the movie better, even if it wasn't objectively good. If they were to release this cut, do you think enough changes or enough is made quote-unquote good to justify its release in the first place? At this point, no. I think at this point we got we got what we got. I, I don't think it's uh, there's no sense in backtracking. I know with a lot of the stuff uh, coming out like Ahsoka and Mandalorian, people were hoping that they would retcon the movies and then probably redo them. But I I don't want that at this point. I think they have to live with what they what they got, live with what they gave us. You know, like it's it's. It's it's there, you know, as much as I dis- dislike what they did and how much I don't I can't really sit down and enjoy the storytelling or the or what they uh, gave us. I am going to try, you know, I'm going to I'm going to try to watch them anytime I can. I'm going to try to get into them. I mean, it's already started with Last Jedi. I've watched that a few more times since it uh, since we saw it in theaters and. Uh, each time I find something different that I, I like about it over, uh, you know, what J.J. was doing in um, Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. And uh, so I think we just got to give it time at this point and just let let it settle and, and see if we can uh, move on with what we have. I think that makes I, sense. Chris Hawk? I, I think it says something when there's a movie that it just the expectations of it were so high and the what we got the the landing that does not quite stick. It says something how there wasn't a lot of fans calling for I mean well there is a lot of fans calling for a redo but that the movement is not as big. I would argue that Star Wars is bigger than Justice League. The, the fandom and you're not seeing the same you're not seeing the same movement you know like for, this, uh justice league like the snyder cut right the snyder cut they were they <laughs> i would literally it would you know you could spend a good while on the wb twitter page looking at their mentions and their uh of how many people added them about the snyder cut it was ridiculous every day ridiculous but i think it says something for how bad the movie is and how it kind of killed the like it sucked the air out of the room for example what the finale did to game of thrones and how it kind of sucked the wind right out of any enthusiasm for game of thrones i mean people aren't even excited for the new series that's coming out soon it it's got to say something i don't i i would uh I'm going to add on that I do not think it would add anything if they redid it. I don't think you would get enough hype for for a redo, and I don't think there's anything that could be added to make this a better movie with the way that Abrams was already going. Yeah, I agree. I think that unless I, I you, see a lot of... Go ahead. Unless you added that uh, Fortnite scene with the Emperor. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, how do we explain that Palpatine's back in the shortest time possible? We'll put it in a video game as as a uh, content. Video game, bro. Genius. 
Fortnite. Yeah, genius for a week. Always the answer. A week before the movie came out. Go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say, like, I know in some of those reports about the the Abrams cut and uh, there was a lot of studio interference. And I think that was definitely the case for um, the Justice League movie. And, uh, you know, a bunch of movies we've seen recently. I know Chris Hawks believes that there was some studio interference in Mortal Kombat. I, I feel like someone like Abrams, they brought in The Force Awakens. They took George Lucas's uh, outline. They threw it. They threw it out. They had Abrams and Lawrence Kazan rewrite it. They gave Abrams that t- that power, that free will to write that movie. I don't think that they controlled as much as this movie as we think they did. I think Abrams just did the best he could with what he had, trying to do what he was he planned out in the original movie in his in his mind and i think that we we got something that was completely an abrams version and and when i think about it i i don't think he did finn or rose justice you know so i I don't know how he's going to handle a black superman when i think about it i I know i'm going off the rails here into something different about what's uh what's your He's he, his production he, companies. He's he he's just producing that. He's not directing it, right? Yeah, but don't you think he's going to have a little say in that as a producer? Yeah, I believe you're right. I would think so. I think it. I think it really depends at this point. But producers generally do have some say. It's just what level. I mean, he's hiring. Involved. Yeah, I mean, he's going to hire probably the writers, and as producer, you handle most of the budget. So he might hand he might hire the director his because it's his production company. Unless WB is going to try to do something like that, I think if they're going to do a black Superman, they should have a, a black some black writers and they should have uh, a black director. Uh, hopefully, that's the choice they go or JJ Abrams goes because, like I said, I don't think he handled Finn or Rose properly. Uh, then again, I don't think Ryan Johnson kind of handled Finn or Rose properly. Well, we we all know that Finn was shafted. Finn was shafted. From the get, from the get. I mean, I, I sent that thing to Mario a, a long time ago, and how it should have happened. And Mario was like, "This should have happened." Finn, yeah. Finn, Finn should have been a Jedi from the start. I, I, I don't. I, I'm not there. So I, I, like, we're not inside people. We don't know what's going on. I just don't think, from what we've seen, that Abrams was had a lot of studio interference. I feel like Abrams had more control from what, you know, you see from behind the scenes and him writing force awakens and him working with Ryan Johnson a little bit and then him coming back and, and pretty much, I, I just feel like he had more control of that movie than, uh, we're making out to be just to try to get a redo of it. You know, that fans are just trying to get a redo of it. That's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's a completely valid opinion. It's funny that uh, Chris Hawk brought up Game of Thrones because people have actually demanded the same thing about Game of Thrones for the last two seasons now. Uh, they did that. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter. They did like the Game of Thrones tease uh, a couple weeks ago, and like it wasn't any of the rumors about the new shows. It was all about them remaking season eight. That's what it was. There's no way. 
It, well, it's not. It's not what oh, they were going to okay. do, but oh, I'm okay. that's what people wanted. Like, nobody was talking about the new series. They were talking about how they wanted them to remake the season without uh, the brothers. And that's that's just where we're at right now, where people are like, this wasn't good enough. Remake it. Where, you know, just like Chris Hawk said, you know, 20 years ago, that was unheard of. But I guess technically you didn't have, you know, enough people to discuss it with. You only had your immediate friends and people in like online chat rooms that didn't get that large. So, I mean, I guess this is where we're at right now. But it's it's kind of bleeding over into other aspects. The only time they ever did it like prior to that. I mean, obviously, directors have had control to put out different versions of their film. You know, the special editions of Star Wars. Uh, Chris Hawk, you know, turned me on to the director's cut of Blade Runner. So uh, Chris Hawk knows more about the differences between the theatrical version and the director's cut. Uh, but the Sp- Superman 2 uh, had two different versions. Um, the original director, Richard Donner, was replaced... And then by uh, by a, another Richard, Richard Lester, and then later, uh, they brought back Richard Donner to um, kind of re-edit his movie, and they put it out as the Richard Donner version. Um, but I mean, that's really the only instance where a director left and came back to finish his movie, and it's almost the same thing as. Zack Snyder and Justice League. You hear that one guy that uh, did Suicide Squad is trying to get a thing going for his cut. I did hear that. I don't know how I feel about that. But correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, Mario. Like those those versions of those movies, though, they weren't fan demanded, right? That was more the director and like the studio's choice. Yeah, correct. Cry out for it. I I don't know how maybe like press or movie critics uh you know i don't know if they demanded for it but it seems like from what i'm told they just brought him back to uh re-release his version of the movie and that's really the only version you can find now is the richard donner version on dvd that's interesting but yeah and the suicide squad cut i don't mean to cut you off again damn i keep doing it that's good I don't know if you guys have seen the the extended version of Suicide Squad. It, there's a lot of scenes added in that weren't completed of Joker and Harley Quinn. And I don't know if that's considered somewhat of the director's cut, but I know those added scenes were not very good, in my opinion. I do remember you talking about that. I, uh, yeah, I just don't know that. You know, those old versions, like, I think that was such a different time frame. And, you know, they had the liberty to do that. And it was almost like a professional courtesy to allow someone to, like, step in and finish something they might not have got to finish for whatever the reason. But now we're in a day and age where fans are demanding it. And I I just don't see a, a world where this can be good. Um, I, I think it kind of bleeds over into some other mediums. Uh, for instance... Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, video games. So it's not necessarily the fact that like fans aren't demanding different versions of video games, more so that fans are like tearing apart studios for putting out anything. Now, some of them deserve it. Let's be honest, you know, EA, but there's a lot of, like, there's a lot more criticism and it's almost like 
some indie developers are scared to put out a game if it's not going to be like it's not going to hit Twitch or it's not going to hit anything like it's either never going to see the light of day or if somebody says something negative about it and people jump on the bandwagon it's all hell breaks loose or it becomes like a a meme game like Among Us yes yes though I I mean I would argue you know Among Us uh, success is is worth the meme but yeah there is that danger that it becomes a meme game for the wrong reasons what about um on top of the fandom demanding games be released on time also like, i know there's like a 50 50 split like release the game when it's ready or we want this game now like i do know some people were clamoring for cyberpunk 2077 like they were they were legit mad the game kept on getting uh bumped up for their release and and we, we, you know, the final product wasn't as good as it could have been. And just like with Halo Infinite, it's now been pushed back a year because of the outcry it had when they showed the demo at the, uh, I forget, was it E3 or something? But And now both studios are experiencing uh, crunch to get things done. Yeah, that's, I see, that's absolutely something that's, you know, definitely wrong. Uh, Cyberpunk is the perfect example because how many times today they delay that game? Like four to five times, and people were just so over it. If they had delayed it again, like it needed, people people would have been up in arms. But now we get you know the opposite effect where we get something trash that the fans created. And I'm I'm sure there's other examples out there, um, just in video game wise, but. Like, it can't be a good thing, and it's continuing to, like, just more and more the fans are demanding things, and then when it doesn't go their way, it's never their fault. It's the studio's fault. I think, yeah, I'm trying to remember, there was a game where they demanded this these skins, and they didn't get them, and they were outraged. And I'm trying to remember the game. It might have been, like, Mortal Kombat or another fighting game. But people were like, were legit mad because they didn't get. Oh, Super Smash Brothers! People were legit mad they're not getting uh, a certain fighter. But I mean, yeah, you, you I mean, can't I, get truly really mad about it. Something though. else, though. I think you're thinking of something else, though, because I know what you're talking about. I know people wanted the Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man outfit in Spider-Man for PS4. I think they, I remember reading it. that was a big deal. They did get it. Yeah, though. they got it. Yeah, they got it. Uh, but I, I, I think I think I know what you're talking about. It's like on the tip of my tongue. I just can't remember exactly what it is. But they were demanding. But, That's what they were yeah. doing on Twitter. Like, we deserve this. You know, we're entitled to this because we love your game and we bought your game. You owe it to us to give us this, you know, and that's that mm-hmm. type of reasoning is is very toxic, you know. Have you seen, uh, I hate to bring this back to Star Wars, but have you seen George Lucas versus the People documentary? Not yet. The big argument in that documentary is that Star Wars is the people's. It's the people that own the movie because they paid to see it and and uh, they bought it and all this type of thing. So like, when he did the special editions, you know, people demanded the theatrical released to be released again because it's their movie you know and they think that because they demanded such thing that lucas trolled them with the prequels and that's a whole thing you have to watch the documentary but 
um, back to games, wasn't um, that Duke Nukem? Didn't people dislike the crap out of that game? They hated it. You're right. Did they demand for that to be remade or anything? Because didn't they come out with DLC for that game? Or uh, Same thing with Mass Effect 3. The ending with Mass Effect 3. Oh, yeah. pe- people were uh, <laughs> crazed. Yeah, now it's not so bad because they got Andromeda and there's something worse. That's that'll, that'll make me, always makes me happy. Oh man! But, but Cyberpunk, um, like you said, John, if they if they would have if people would have not made such a big deal about it, I feel like Code Red, right? Code Red uh, or Project, Project Red? Red? Yeah, yeah. If they would have probably pushed the game back maybe another four months, they probably would have got those bugs taken care of. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I mean. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add just on video games or movies, but I want to make a I want to make a jump here before like, you know, we go too long and go too many tangents. I have a I have a jump that you guys already know about. We've already discussed, you know, for the for the people viewing at home. This isn't an unknown jump, but I'm just going to make an assumption and then I'm going to make another jump from that and I want I want your guys opinion on it. Would you make guys the have jump. anything to add? Make the jump. Let's go. So, I mean, just I think this mentality, you know, it's I, I always refer to it as the hive mind mentality because it's like the Reddit hive mind, uh, the 4chan hive mind, all the different forums where people can congregate and have the same opinion and just echo chamber it back and forth. I think it's it's beginning to bleed over into more than, you know, things that just affect us entertainment-wise. Um, and Wall Street bets, the stock market, GameStop, that's <laughs> Gotta like love the, it. the biggest thing where people got together and like hey like it's it's not even about making money and that's the reason like a lot of these people can't get prosecuted it's really about fucking over hedge funds that's like what a lot of people are doing it for because a lot of people could have made money and they refuse to sell because they think they're going to hurt these big hedge funds and it's like they they want to take back you know their wall street because wall street doesn't do anything for them they want to get there. They want to do that. It's almost the same type of thing where like, they're like, Oh, I'm an underdog. Now we're all underdogs. But now it's like, I mean, where does that go from here? What, what's next? What, what are we, what are we going to start taking over next? Like restaurants? Like, are we going to take down like McDonald's and Taco Bell, like the big budget chains? Like what's it, it's, next? It's gotta be governments. You that's, know, that's the I, job I, I'm going to make. Yeah, it's got to be. So AOC kind of started it because she's vocal. She's always in the limelight and she's very young and and she's very educated also. So what you're going to see is copycats. That's the next. That's the next. Well, what's his name, too? Uh, Who's the guy that tried to run for president? Uh, Pete Buttigieg? Uh, No, the one that promised like a thousand dollars a month. Oh, uh, Yang. Yang, Yang Gang, Yang Gang. Yeah, he's very vocal too on Twitter. And then you have the guy that ran for governor in Texas. I can't think of his name right now, but he's very—he looks very young, and he almost beat uh, Borg or Bagger. What was his name? Uh, really great. It's a great. It's a great name. It's a great name. (laughs) Uh, I forget his name. He's the skinny white dude with the like dirty blonde hair. Oh, what was his name? It's I don't think it's Beg. It, it starts with a B, though. It, it's I know who you're talking about. I I heard that he also kind of took donations though from like big oil companies. 
but don't they all? Be- Beto O'Rourke or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you Beto. go. Beto. 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 Yeah, there. Yeah, I thought John knew the entire time and he was just watching to see what it would come up with. <laughs> I, it took me a minute. I did think of that naturally. I did not Google it. As close I, uh, to Borg. Honestly, it has been a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, it wasn't the jump I was going to make about overthrowing governance or anything like that, even though, you know, I mean, insurrection, we might be there. But uh, no, it was really, do you think like this whole um, fandom toxicity has gotten worse because of the political unrest? Because I feel like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like if you can't have what you want in politics. You need to demand you have what you want in other mediums that you pay for. Because it's to the point politically where when certain parties don't get what they want, they will stonewall and filibuster until they do. They'll throw tantrums. Mario, how do you feel about this? Do you, th- you think it's you think it's not far fetched to say? Yeah, I think I think it could be that. I mean, Chris Hawk's right. I mean, you know, I think we're tired of waiting around. Uh, you know, um, especially with big businesses. And if you tie that into entertainment, the entertainment companies, uh, that own like WB and, and Disney and such things like that are big, basically big business. They're big corporations. I mean, Disney and like only four other corporations own like all of entertainment. So, and, and like Chris Hawk said, with the filibustering and things like that, it takes almost forever just to get something done that could help people. You know, like people are literally waiting around to have debt taken away or just to get free health care or equal rights or people just to be treated fairly. Uh, you know, because just, be, just because of, you know, who they are. You know, we we block things and, and instead of actually going to the source, those people don't want to understand a certain group of people or a certain community. They want to say what they think is right. So like Chris Hawk said, they'll they'll be babies and they'll they'll block a bill or they'll filibuster and it just takes how long just to get something done. So I think people are tired of waiting. And when it comes to entertainment, that's probably the easiest thing. And now that it has proven to work and then with Wall Street now that has wall street i i agree with what the people did it seems like you know wall street was kind of corrupt as it was and some of the stuff that you guys explained to me about hedge funds like i'm glad that we kind of you know said as a people and got together and said fuck them but how far are we going to take it you know i think i think with great power comes great responsibility i'm with them to the end of the line i'm (laughs) i'm i'm their cap they're my bucky let's do it forever in order to fuck over these hedge funds to the end of time, just you got to share the wealth. Got to share it. Do you own GameStop stock, Chris Hawk? I uh, I don't own any stock. I I I I think it's I think it would be too dangerous for me because I wouldn't stop. Because I I'd, I'd buy the, I'd buy I'd buy the new ultra low currency at like point zero 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 percent and wait five years just for that shit to grow. Is it gambling, basically, though, John? What Wall Street Bets is doing is kind of gambling. Well, just just a bit of background for those that don't know. Wall Street Bets originally is basically a version of playing the stock market and gambling. What it was originally intended for is people YOLOing money 
on stocks for whatever reason, uh, you know, be it because, you know, X stock is performing well, they correlate it some way. Realistically, a lot of people had some okay, okay background. And a lot of people made money. A lot of people lose money, though, like way 90% more people lose money. But what it was for is just, you know, people making that bet on Wall Street that something's going to happen and then posting the results. And other people being like, good luck, because I ain't doing it. And then this GME thing happened, GameStop. And it's like now all it is is people looking for the next GameStop. So originally... Dogecoin? Yeah, Dogecoin. Can you explain that? I could explain Dogecoin if you want me to. I mean, I don't know much about other than it's fake currency that people are throwing stock into. Fake currency is debatable, sir. Cryptocurrency has value because people give it value. There is no physical asset. It is controlled in a transparent ledger, so you can always see all transactions done in cryptocurrency. If you really want to look it up, you can trace things done from wallet to wallet in the large amount. And the only reason cryptocurrency, the only reason Bitcoin has money, or it's worth money, is because people make it worth money. So Dogecoin is a, is a coin literally made for the purpose of people giving it value, like Bitcoin, for instance. Bitcoin is it just is a, like a big F you to Bitcoin to show you that they could just create something out of thin air and make it? I think more on, honestly, I think Dogecoin originally, its intent was to just be a meme coin that was like, hey, we can make this. And it'll never go anywhere. And I think along the way, people embracing meme culture have pushed it to where it is now. It almost a dollar. It did tank after Elon Musk's SNL, though. Now, it increases in value when it's when it's being bought, right? And then it loses value when people sell. It functions the exact same way as the stock market. There's there's nothing behind it to give it value. Um. And most values of things in crypto, the crypto world are functions of Bitcoin. So it's not so much that you can sell Dogecoin for, you know, a dollar, even though Dogecoin is, I think, available on some chains now. But generally, when you're talking about the lesser known coins, it's like, how much Bitcoin can I get for this coin? So it's a complicated web, but essentially all cryptocurrencies have value because people give it money or give it value. And that's why you see so many people trying to hype up coins or like talk about them or post about them. Because the only way it's going to ever gain in value is if people buy it, essentially, or want it. There's actually a Bitcoin depot uh, depot near my house, like 12 miles away. Yeah, they do have a, a few ATMs and stuff as well. I think there's an ATM in the mall near me. But uh, cryptocurrency is also a reason why NVIDIA um, graphics cards are in very, very high demand. It's um, also why um, all the cryptocurrency that has happened in the past year and a half has basically uh, destroyed any green energy projects for the past 10 years that have... uh, I know uh, I'm like loosely facts right now, but it's cryptocurrency has kind of... It's very, very bad for for the environment. It's terrible. It's not helping at all. It, it takes a lot to farm cryptocurrency. It uh, it's a lot of power, a lot of yeah. It, it's it's a lot. We got off on a tangent here. It's just about toxic fandom, not about cryptocurrency. But I think it's all related. I, I think realistically, with the political unrest, it's only going to get worse. We're going to see more and more 
uh, toxicity in the fandoms that we love and potentially new fandoms. But that, I, I think we can revisit this topic um, multiple times. Uh, I think next time it's probably going to be in relation to one of these things we're already talking about, people demanding things. But uh, I, think, I think it's food for thought, you know. As, as a listener, how do you feel about toxic fandom? How do you, fe- how do you feel is about, it about cuts? I think there could be an argument made that it's not bad, but that's not the argument I choose to make. Do you have it? Guts. Well, I think I think you got you, both of you made good points. Like you said, uh, people demanding certain things that's not you know just because they pay for it, they they are demanding for something, and and it's kind of creating this power vacuum, and and people are going to abuse it. And then with Chris Hawk, you know what he said about like, wow, what is what is the only other way to fight back against these production companies or to to fight back against um, said uh big business you know what 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 is what's the other way what what else can we do besides you know like you said john try to get a mass a bunch of people to uh boycott when that's hard to do when people are going to spend their money on you know like i have issues with disney you know like i'm still going to go pay and see their movies as sad as my opinion like my you know, my opinions are that I, I wish they would fix some things, but I think they're they're getting to the point where they're they're trying to incorporate that, you know, what it's for profit, obviously, but um I don't know. I, I think that uh do you guys would you guys want a Rise of Skywalker cut? Have we answered that? No. John I, I do not you, want. I don't need it. I don't need it i think we got the jj abrams cut uh do you think this well john answered already the the snyder cut was worth it chris hawk do you think the snyder cut was worth it i do not believe the movie needed to be four hours long but it was definitely i mean it was enjoyable uh it, it you know like john said it expanded on characters and gave the movie some air to breathe while at the same time it it was a lot Kind of got sluggish a little bit. I I think Zach. I don't know if it's really hard to say if Zach. I would I would say that WB meddled in this movie, and they are very responsible for how this movie turned out. First, Zach Schneider, as the director, I do not believe deserved to be shafted like that. Um, saying his movie deserved to be seen is giving power to the fans that berated others for years about this cut. So it's giving them validation. I think Zack Snyder's vision, it's really hard to state this. I, As an artist, he should have had his vision shown. But not for the reasons why the fans won. Zack should have had his vision shown because that was his vision. And WB shouldn't have, you know, trimmed the movie down to two hours when two hours and 40 minutes would have been just fine for six and seven of the biggest characters in the DC universe. You know, WB, WB deserves all the blame, I believe. And for um, allowing Josh Whedon, who is just a dirtbag, to direct it. Yeah. And it's crazy. Uh, 
how much praise you get the Avengers, but then you hear some of the stuff now come out and you're like, wow. <laughs> Which is weird we haven't heard a single thing from the Avengers set. It's very weird. Now, I do not deny that what has happened on the uh, Justice League set, I, be- I believe all of them. But it's weird we haven't yeah. heard anything from the Avengers set. And I wonder if someone put a stop to it or something. Because it's... Or they're because, just not talking about it. Right. You know, very tight. they signed like, something? That's like the... That's the conspiracy theory I want to know about, or the secrets I want to see of, you know, did did he get put in this place? Did Or, you know, some, because you don't just, as an abuser, you don't stop. Yeah. You know, he's been abusing since Buffy the Vampire and before then, so it's, you don't stop. Another tangent. Now, there was John, another movie. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was another movie, I forgot, that, had directors change apparently rogue one had directors change gareth edwards uh supposedly the uh rumor is that his movie was done and completed and they showed it to disney as x before it was going to be released or re-edited or i don't know what the the case is but uh his movie was too gritty too warlike so they brought in another director to do some reshoots and I can't think of that director's name at the moment, but um, they did it's the same out thing. there. They did the same thing to Han Solo. Remember the uh, Lord, yeah. Phil, Phil Lord, Phil and Lord. And then those are two Ron stories. Ron now I, I don't. I do want to see what a more gritty Star Wars would look like, but at the, I I don't need to see a, a Gareth Edwards cut. I mean, it would be kind of cool. At the same time. Um, I just want to hear the behind the scenes stuff of those things. So like what, what happened and what's the story behind that? Not that I need to demand something. I'm just nosy and I want to hear what the juicy details were with all that stuff. I, th- I think if it's a real gritty take on star Wars, I think I don't like you can get, you can get some hard PG 13, a little bit close to R in star Wars. But at the end of the day, you know, you gotta be like, my kids are going to watch this. Are they going to enjoy it? Just take care of Star Wars and give me better Star Wars. That's what I'm going to demand right now. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I know a lot of things like Alien and Aliens and Alien 3. They had massive... Uh, diff- they had like... Not massive, but I know Alien 3 had like a massive different type of scripts and stuff written because I, you know, watched the behind the scenes a bazillion times. But uh, I know with original screenplays for Alien and Aliens and, and Alien 3, they've turned into comic books. So, I mean, would you guys like to see, you know, maybe director cuts or cuts of different movies become comic book? I think fans are going to buy it no matter what. I really dislike that. Um, when it goes from a medium, like a movie set, it needs to tell extra background. Now, if it's completely new stories and like a shared universe, completely fine. Not a big deal to me. But when you have to elaborate, I'm not a fan. But it can't, it could be done right. Pers- but I just personally, it's not for me, I think. Understandable. I mean, some of the the alien ones, they kind of just drop you in there. I'm expecting you to know about the alien universe. So you kind of just like left like, uh, you know, oh, okay, this is cool. But I guess, like the original Alien screenplay one that I was getting, I mean, it was cool, you know, but it wasn't like, 
I needed, you know, week to week or month to month. For sure. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to mention? I think I think we wrapped it up. We went off enough enough tangents that I expected us to. That I think this is a, this is a good episode. Well, if you guys uh, want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at Cinema Seven underscore Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can give us a shout out on. You can message us on Twitter. Chris Hawk's handling the the Twitter. Uh, so he'll be able to catch up on some of those when he when he gets the chance to look at it. Uh, Instagram, I, I'm kind of posting stuff on there, and Facebook, I I, uh, I go through my bouts. I post on there and stuff like that, and sometimes I don't. And you can message us on there. I know um, Andrew from uh, Amusement Sparks has messaged us on there before, and and I have yet to get back to him. And I've apologized on the show before, but I'm gonna apologize again. Um, I know he really wanted to work with us again. Um, you can email us at cinema7podcast at gmail.com. Cinema, just the number seven, podcast at gmail.com. The same for it, the same is for our website, cinema, just the number seven, podcast.com. And you can find our email and social medias on there as well. Um, we have to update our episodes page but you can get a bunch of our um archived episodes on our website uh and you can get to know a little bit more about us but until next week um did we already discuss what we're talking about next week we're gonna talk about uh different ip or we're gonna talk about ips that haven't been um rebooted yet or haven't people haven't done stuff with in a while right just abandoned in general yeah Hope you guys will uh, tune in for that and uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And like John said, let us know what you guys think. I hope you guys are ready uh, for a Jabba Jar reboot. I don't know, man. I might have to do. Uh... Never mind. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Chris, hey, take it hey, away. Hey. Oh, so finally, from us at Cinema 7, we want to thank you always for listening with us, for watching with us and for exploring with us. Classes and
great power comes great responsibility. <laughs>